Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hello there and a big old happy spring to you today. Anybody else really super duper glad that spring seems to be here or is like almost here, just it's just almost here. I am hopeful and I am praying that good things are growing and springing up in your life, starting to bear fruit or maybe even just like overflowing into a bumper crop sized amount of fruit bearing in your life as a result of what the Lord is doing in and through you, because he is doing stuff in you. And then he is subsequently and beautifully doing stuff through you. You know, the spring season, it just kind of reminds me of that. And I wanted to share that. um, That's my hope and prayer for you, that you are seeing fruit bearing and that new things are springing up in your life as a result of what God's doing, because he loves you so very much. So, you know, I'm grateful that you're listening today. And as we think about and talk about, and I guess hopefully even prayerfully consider this whole concept of holiness, I want us to really consider how holiness makes an impact because it does have an impact on us individually and then as a part of the bigger corporate body of Christ. So you ready to talk about holiness? I know I am. All right, let's get going. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing via the Edify app. This is episode number 139. Okay, so in episode 138, I shared from, uh, well, three verses, Psalm 30, verse 4, Isaiah 35, 8, and 2 Corinthians 7, 1. And those are three really great verses that were super duper encouraging for me, hopefully for you as well, and kind of a great way I felt like to uh, kick off the podcast series on holiness. So uh, I'm just going to quickly review those, and we're going to jump into today's verse, which is, it's got some meat on those bones, I'm telling you what. So Psalm 30, verse 4, King James Version. Sing to the Lord, O ye his saints, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. So, you know, that's a great reminder, this one verse, a great reminder to rejoice in the fact that the God that we love, who also loves us so much, he's holy. Rejoice in the fact that he is holy. This is such good news for us. You know, he can't suddenly stop being holy, right? His holiness, it comes with assurance to us that he is not going to mistreat us or mishandle those of us who he loves so dearly. It's not possible because he is holy. So rejoice in the fact that he is holy and that he won't become unholy and that as such, the way that he behaves toward you as his child, ah, it's good. It's safe. It's uh, It only enhances our trust in him because it gives us more understanding of how great his faithfulness is toward us. So, so good to know this. So Isaiah 35, 8 from the New Living Translation, 
and a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. You know who you walk with? It matters. Remember that. Keep that in mind. Who are you doing life with? Who are you walking with? It actually matters quite a bit because um, if you find yourself walking with evil-minded people or foolish type of people, you got to pause and say, wait a minute, Isaiah 35, 8 says that those people won't walk there. Evil-minded people will never travel on this highway of holiness. Fools don't walk there. And there's that contrast there. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. So if you're walking in God's ways, you're not foolish. If you're foolish, you're not walking in God's ways. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm telling you what, this is what the word of God says. It's, um, you know, think about Jesus and how his attitude was when he walked the earth. He didn't strong arm people. Um, he didn't, um, you know, put a gun to their head to make them believe or listen to him sometimes. And even when he sent out his disciples, they don't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Look, he's not going to browbeat you into believing this. He just actually expects you to believe because you're his child. Because you say you're a believer, he expects you to believe what the Bible says. So don't get annoyed if you're like, oh my goodness, I'm living my life hand in glove with evil-minded people and foolish people. Well, I'm angry about that, God. How can, how can you say in your word that they're not on your, on your highway? They're not walking in your ways. Because it's the truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so the God we know and love and serve, he can't be anything but a truth teller because he is the truth. It is impossible for God to lie. It's like the one thing he can't do with, with God, all things are possible. Or nothing shall be impossible with God except this one thing where he says it's impossible for God to lie. So he's not lying when he when this is in his word. If you find yourself walking with those kinds of people, you need to do a really serious and intense heart check, have a time of prayer with the Lord where you really get real with him and you let him get real with you and then um you know make a make a pivot, get on the right path again, turn back toward him fully. Whatever it looks like, whatever conviction he might bring as a result of you acknowledging that, oh, yeah, I'm walking life with people who are foolish and who are evil minded. Look, this isn't a rarity for all of us who are in Christ. At some point, we're going to bump into something like this. You're not alone if you feel this way. If you're honest, you're going to bump into something where you go, oh, this person here, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, this needs to kind of, mm, God's already been doing a bit of a separating work. I need to not work so hard at keeping this going because I'm just, I find myself, they don't come over here and walk on the highway of holiness with me to be in a friendship with them. I have to go over here and walk kind of in foolish ways. I have to lower myself and talk about things that don't really matter that much to me that I don't really care about or have an interest in that seem pretty trivial and trite and unimportant um, and superficial, or I can pretend like these things that they're talking about are no big deal when in my heart, I'm just so grieved and heartbroken because they are a big deal. These are really serious issues, matters of, of sin, and they're not pursuing the Lord like they should be. They have all of these excuses and all of these things, and the focus really is on me, myself, and I, and it's not on him Okay, ever have a ever have a thought like that where you know you have to work too hard to keep this thing going. And when you keep this thing going, 
it feels like, ah, oh, I'm like stepping away from the Lord and I'm ignoring the things of the Lord and I'm kind of pretending that my heart isn't really over here with the Lord. I'm I'm coming down to a more worldly type of a level because that's where they're at. And to keep this thing going, I've got to be there. Okay, apply Isaiah 35, 8 to that relationship. Trust the Lord enough to do a let go and a walk away when he says, because he's not cruel. You know that. He's not heartless toward them. You know that. Pray for that person. Give them to the Lord and say, God, I just trust you with them. But I need to be walking on the highway of holiness, walking in your ways. And I can't be walking with fools or evil-minded people. And then just walk with him and trust him. Okay. Second Corinthians 7, 1 from the Amplified. Therefore, since we have these great and wonderful promises, oh baby, are his promises not great and wonderful. I love that description of God's promises. Uh, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything. Oh, oh, from what? A couple of things here and there or everything? Oh, it says everything. Everything that contaminates body and spirit. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. That's both. Very clear here. Paul is super clear. Cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, completing holiness. That's how we complete holiness. And holiness is living a consecrated life, a life set apart for God's purpose in the fear of God. If you recognize God as being holy, you're going to have a healthy awe and reverence and fear of him that's going to impact the way that you live. It's going to propel you toward that life set apart for God's purpose. If you are never pondering the, the, the just who God is, the vastness of who he is, yeah, you, it's probably not going to be that compelling to live a consecrated life. You know, God's promises, they're true. And he wants them to be our reality. They're not true just oh yeah, they're true and that's who and it's at, like out in the ether somewhere. No, he wants them to be our reality. Now, maybe not all at once, all on the same day, in an instant, like our drive through fast food society makes us think that that's what, you know, instant gratification. Like, no, maybe not like that, but nonetheless, they're true for us. So because of this, because of what it says here in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, we should want to live a holy, consecrated life that's really set apart for God's purposes. And if we don't really fully want that, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to make that our want to. Okay, now we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians verse 4, 7 from the Amplified Bible. Here's what it says. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness, to be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him. We are getting a very clear picture of what holiness really truly is. Are we not? Like this could be, this right here, this could be a mic drop kind of moment by itself. Just this one verse, like um, that even just this one portion of this one verse, this verse, it has a working definition. It's like a one sentence, how to manual regarding living out a holy life as a follower of the Lord Jesus. And he is the Lord, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That's who Jesus is. This is our working definition. Like if that first little part where it tells us that God has not called us to impurity, that alone could be a mic drop. Definitions for impurity include lack of consistency, contamination or pollution, the quality or condition of being impure, something that makes something else impure. Okay, so that lack of consistency, God has not called us to that. Okay, let me read the verse to you again. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness. Okay, 
So what has God not called us to? Per the definition of what impurity is, God has not called us to a lack of consistency. Hint, hint. The way you're living out your daily walk with Jesus is actually very, very important, and it is actually a purity issue. It matters enough to God to put it in the Bible, and so it ought to matter to his people. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right, because God's right. He has not called us to contamination or pollution. Okay, so let's be careful. Let's be cautious. Let's be aware. Let's just not let ourselves get overrun by the world and the world systems. And you know what? The world, it has systems. Like it or not, it just does. And many of those are not aligned with God's kingdom and God's ways. Don't be the one doing the polluting or the contaminating either. God has not called us to that as his children, as his people. Like if you're really into like trashy music or you play video games and there's this group you play with online, you jump online and you play and they use just garbage language. And sometimes you kind of do too, like you're a little less garbagey than theirs. But if you're honest, yeah, that's trash. That's garbage language. And, uh, or maybe you're not drinking too much, right? You drink too much alcohol. Okay. Now, uh, th- th- there's often this little, oh, but Paul said, drink a little wine for the stomach. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do a little bit of um, heavy-handed debunking of some of this stuff right now. So if you don't want to listen, um, I guess you don't have to, but I hope you do. You know, as for me, I'm the daughter of an alcoholic who died in a tragic way when he was just 47 years old, while intoxicated, really only because of alcohol. I can tell you that too much, too much is probably a limit that you reach far below what you might think. How much booze is too much booze? Um, For me, in my mind, it's way down low, a lot lower than most people think might be too much. I'm going to tell you what, the death of my father in that horrific way, it cost me and my family so much. I personally think, how about one drop of something that can cause the kind of lasting damage that my dad's death caused? One drop that can cause that? One drop of the thing that can cause that? That's too much. That's too much. So uh, I just have to say that before somebody you know, sends me a message quoting Paul when he told Timothy, take a little wine because it's good for the stomach. Look, if you need to use a verse like that to push back against a actual real life personal story like my family had to experience if you use a verse like that that's obviously it's totally clear it's got medicinal intent this is a talking about like a form of medicine in that day and age if you can use that verse to explain away or defend your consumption or overconsumption of alcohol oh, that says a lot and it doesn't say anything positive And maybe, hopefully, I can be, because of my painful experience, I can be the loud, bold voice encouraging you to lay off the sauce and just go dry. You know, remember when we used to be more frank and more bold about things like this? Um, Sometimes the reason people were more frank and bold is because they had been through very painful, life-altering things. And they just wanted to keep other people from, like, you're just like, the building is on fire, Please get out of the building that's on fire while you still can. And today it's almost like, just tone that down. You know, it's, it's all right. This, if they're burning, they're burning by choice. Like, what? I don't know. And I'm not talking about just in the world. It's really bad on a worldly scale. But in the church, we do this too. Let's soft pedal it. Let's, 
what in the world? Would you please tell me if my building's on fire? I want to know. I need to know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you. Okay, so if we used to say things where we could literally wake someone up out of a stupor, possibly save their life, show them that this is a bad, bad track that they're on, help them do a hard reset, change their life for the better, uh, you know, biblically speaking, if I'm going to put this in Bible verse terms, snatch some of them out of the fire, rescue others. Yeah. Can we be about that? It's biblical, and it's actually something we're told to do in the New Testament. Can we get back to that? Let's get back to that. Pretty please, let's get back to that. Um, I guess I just did get back to it. And I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm not even going to say sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Standing at my dad's freshly dug grave at age 15, that girl back then, she's not sorry to be so frank in her speaking. And the woman I am today and all of the things that are a result of that tragedy, I'm not sorry either. Too high a price was paid and it was never, ever what the Lord wanted. Okay, so there we go. Enough said about that. I think you know where I stand and I hope you hear, have just hear with like a tender heart and open ears that this is not a lecture. It's a plea. It's a plea. The quality or condition of being impure. God did not call us to that. What's the state that you live in? Not like I live in Kansas. Like what state is your life being lived out in? That's a hard question, but an important question. The quality of your life is determined by the condition or the state in which you live. Is it pure or impure? Simple question, also hard question. Something that makes something impure, right? Something that makes something else impure. This could what? This could turn into a really long list of things that God has not called us to. It's okay. It's good. It's fitting. It's appropriate for God's people to avoid things that make us impure. I don't think I need to go into great detail. There's just some things we avoid or we should avoid. God didn't call us to certain things. And sometimes just by taking a verse and kind of breaking it down and actually applying it to our lives, rather than just super duper fast skimming over it or worse yet, never really reading the Bible, like all the way through cover to cover, you know, reading rather than just like checking off your Bible reading list by really applying it to our lives that can bring about the life change that God wants for us. So let's do that when we need to do that. And we all need to do that. If God wants real and lasting change in our lives as a result of knowing him and knowing what he has said to us in his word, the Bible, then we also should want that. Make our desires, your desires, Lord. Do it, do it. And Lord, help us not to miss the details that you've given us in your word. Anybody else want to say amen to that? I'll say it. Amen. Yes and amen. Okay, so what has God called us to? To holiness. That's what it says right here. First Thessalonians 4 verse 7. Our God has called us to holiness, to be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him. I'm so glad that this verse is clear and it is clear. Lest you think I'm just harping on you today, like a harpy in trousers, to quote uh, True Grit, if you've read the book or, or seen the more modern film adaptation. Hey, I'm not just bagging on you. I'm not just a harpy in trousers. This isn't my own idea here, this idea of holiness. Uh, no, I, yeah, I was a walking, talking disaster before Jesus reached down into the pit that was my existence. You know, it. I would say I wasn't really living. It wasn't really a life I was living. I was kind of just existing and drifting along on the byways. I did not know one single thing about holiness. That is the truth. But God, 
Is he not mighty to save? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Are you, am I, dedicated to behavior that pleases God? Dedicated to it. When was the last time you were dedicated to something? Sold out toward a goal. Like you're working toward that. You're sold out on your work and your effort that you're putting in toward a certain goal. You're all in. You're committed. You cannot be deterred or distracted. You are focused, dialed in. Man, you're in the zone. Nobody is pulling you off your A game. You're dedicated. When? When was the last time we lived like that? That's how God wants us to be regarding the way we behave, regarding this concept of holiness, dedicated to behavior that pleases him. What are some things that don't please him? Open the Bible, go to the word, see what it says, apply it to your life. Sexual sins, they do not please God. Filthy language and lying lips that do not please God. If you harbor hate in your heart, you've got bitterness, anger, malice, wrath, rage, bad-mouthing, speaking badly about others, manipulation, yeah, manipulation. Yeah, that, that makes the list. Manipulation is a form of control. God does not want people controlled by Satan or by other people he just or by substances or addiction. He just doesn't. He wants them to be led by the Holy Spirit, not driven and beaten and prodded and um, abused by Satan. You know, Satan will drive you, drive you, drive you. The Lord will lead you, lead you, lead you. He's out in front. He's not asking you to go somewhere where he's not going first, but Satan will be behind you pushing you to go somewhere that maybe you don't even really want to go, and he's certainly not going there first. He's behind you pushing, shoving, manipulating. Manipulation makes the list of things that God doesn't want us to do because it doesn't please him. When you manipulate somebody else, it does not please God. Remember King Saul in the Old Testament, the first king of Israel before David was king. He manipulated on such a grand scale and God did not take kindly to it. Pay attention to what we see in the word of God. It's there for us to learn from, to know God in his ways better and to um, spare us from the wrath that comes when we just outright try to just, you know, we act like little spoiled brat punks and we don't honor God unless you think like, oh, I'm under grace. I'm never going to be, um, read your Bible. God can deal with his own and he does read your Bible, read your Bible. Don't assume, you know, when it talks about those in the uh, Exodus who wandered in the desert, they never entered into the Holy Land because of their unbelief. And the New Testament says, learn from that, learn from that. We're the grafted in branch here in the age of grace. I am not a Jew. I'm not from the nation of Israel. I'm grafted in. The New Testament says those who are grafted in can be taken off, set aside and burned just because how much more so? Because the actual vine itself was kind of put on pause when they rejected their Messiah. It's, it's, these are warnings to us to take it seriously that God can deal with us and we shouldn't be like, well, I'm in the age of grace, so God's not going to deal with me. That right there is really spoiled, rotten brat attitude. And we need to purge that from our hearts and minds. It does not belong in Jesus's church and make no mistake. This church, it's his, it's his act like you belong to him because you do. Okay. So, um, manipulation, uh-uh, get rid of it. What about stealing? I just steal a little bit here and there at the workplace, some pens, some paper towels. God's not good with that. What the word says, let's take it seriously and live accordingly. And where it seems too hard to live per the word of God, 
man, cry out to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit of God to do it in you, through you, and for you. He will answer that prayer. You ask God to make a holy life your life. God, make a holy life the mark of my life. Would you do that? Would you do that? And boy, won't he do it? Yes, he will. Of course he will. You better believe he will. In this era, this day and age, 2023, you know, the writing, my friend, the writing's on the wall. The signs of the times, they're all around us and they all point toward the end of the world coming soon. Fast and furious, it's coming. If you don't know that, wake up. I get it. If the only news you watch is um, what you are, what's fed to you, can I just say it that way? I'm going to say it that way. Then you may not have any idea what's going on. But I will tell you, as Christians living in 2023, it's really important to keep your eyes on Israel. What's going on in Israel? That's important to pay attention to because guess what? It's actually really not about us. And in the end of the book, the end of the Bible, everything turns back to Israel. Pay attention to what's going on in Israel. If you haven't read Isaiah recently, if you haven't read Daniel recently, if you haven't read Matthew 24 and 25 recently, or Luke 13, or um, Revelation, First and Second Thessalonians, Jude, get in there and read those books and really expect God to show you where we're at. Like no, no man knows the hour or day, but by golly, Jesus said, you better pay attention to the seasons. The season we're in is not a season that's like, oh, we're getting farther and farther and farther from the return of Christ and the end of the world and his judgment. Uh, we're not getting farther from that. We're getting closer. Time is marching on. We're getting closer. Let's live like we take that seriously. What is it going to hurt you if you live your life desiring the Lord and the things of the Lord so consistently, so much, so almost like fervently, dare I say, with a fervency? That you live like he could come tomorrow, like you're expecting him, the sky to rip open and Jesus is going to be there tomorrow morning. What's so wrong with living like that? I'm going to tell you what, nothing. If somebody in the church is telling you, put it off, delay, don't think about a holy life, don't think about honoring God with your life, you've got plenty of time, do not listen to them because it doesn't matter if it's a lot more years. Um, that, but I don't, I don't know how, if you know what the Bible says, I don't know how it could be a lot more years. My friends, the Euphrates River is drying up. Open up the book of Revelation and read it. It's incredible what's going on uh, there. It's, it's incredible. Okay. I don't want to digress to get to- totally off track, but anybody telling you, you don't need to live like Jesus could come at any moment. They don't have God's glory, God's honor, or your real best interest in mind. And they might be doing a prop man. And trying to just, there might be stuff in their life. They want to keep living. They want to still be able to go to the bar with their friends and not deal with the conviction they feel that they're not spending any time opening their Bible, reading it and praying. They are just doing what they want to do. They might, you know, be into just, it's a long list of things it could be, right? Where it's, oh, I'm convicted, but I don't want to deal with that now. Sometimes when somebody is telling you, don't worry about it, it's because they don't want to worry about it. If God is calling you to live a holy life, and you better believe he is because it's all over his book, the Bible, then do it. And if somebody else doesn't want to do it, you can't make them. But if they're telling you that you're wrong because you're thinking about living a life that honors and glorifies Jesus every single day, as much as you possibly can, relying fully on the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, you're spending time in the word, you're in prayer. If somebody's telling you, eh, don't be worrying about that. Uh, yeah, they don't speak for God. I'm just going to say that straight up, right? If the, if, if John the Revelator, if Paul, if you have people if, that walked, that knew Jesus talking about how important it was to live as if Jesus could come at any moment, 
we should live like that. Do you know what it says at the very end of the book of Revelation? Even so come, Lord Jesus. Even so come. Yep, let's live like that. Even so come. If you're living with one foot in the world and you are just like not really living fully for Jesus, you're not going to be able to say, even so come, Lord Jesus, come. Live like so that you can say that and mean it. And don't let anybody deter you from that. Because when you're living for Jesus, you glorify him. Period. Period. Okay. So the writing's on the wall. This is the time that we're living in. Um, Soon and very soon, we're going to meet our king. And I am completely serious about this. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Yours is going to be one of them. May it be that you've already been bending the knee and confessing the name of Jesus. You're you're just going to be excited to see him, uh, not um, afraid, petrified to see him. We need to live holy lives. Holiness matters. Holiness matters. Because without holiness, no man, no woman, no one can see the Lord. That's a direct quote from Hebrews 12, 14. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. Holiness matters. I don't think the Lord called me to do this podcast series on holiness at this point, this moment in time, just because eh, it don't matter. No big deal. No sweat off my brow. Just whatever. This is not whatever. This is critical mass. This is end game and not the Marvel version. I have a passion that is somewhat abnormal for me. I have a fire that is um, as fiery as I get about God's word and God's promises. This is something different. This is uh, it's so important. You're not here right now by accident. You're here at this moment in time. And now is the time to understand that if you're not actively keeping oil in your lamp, then you are in for a rude awakening I want to encourage you, read the parable of the 10 virgins, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Read it, read it, read it, pray about it. We do not have time to put this off. Holiness matters now, right now, because now this is all you've got, my friend. You actually only have now. You're not promised tomorrow and neither am I. This matters right now. Be dedicated to behavior that pleases God. And then you will be set apart as a person who knows their God. Isn't that what we really want? And if it's not what we really want, it should be what we really want to be set apart as a person who knows their God as Christians. When our behavior sets us apart, that's a good thing. We don't have to stand on a street corner with a cardboard sign screaming at people because when our life looks different and we're set apart just by the way that we live because we've been, we're people who have been much with Jesus, then guess what? Our neighbors, our friends, the people who follow us on social media, everybody at our workplace, uh, in our small group, the people who live in our own homes with us, our family, our great aunt Bertha from North Dakota, our old best friend from third grade, they're going to see us as set apart, as a peculiar people, as it says in Deuteronomy chapter 14, standing out, different, marked by God and marked for God. That is what holiness looks like. Does it look like that on you, on me? Are you and I, are we putting on holy living the way you put on your clothes each morning and putting off, taking off just the filth that comes with this world, worldly living? Are you putting it on, clothing yourself in it? If not, why not? Why not start putting it on right now? Okay, today I'm going to pray before I wrap things up, and I hope that this prayer will encourage you and bless you. That truly is what my heart desires. I know this is kind of a 
um, I'm kind of intense today, but as I said earlier, this is something the Lord so strongly impressed upon my heart that it is for now, right now. So I want you to be blessed. I want you to be encouraged because you're walking so closely with the Lord. And I hope that you can hear my heart for you and my heart for him, um, even through maybe my, my stronger tone of voice today. Right now, in the very midst of this rough and tumble world, and it is rough and tumble, and all the things that it brings with it, I just want you to be blessed and encouraged because Jesus loves you so very much. Blessed right now, and also a blessing to those people in your life. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I'm coming to you today with a heart that I'm just longing for your people, for your church, for us to live holy lives, for us to be set apart and recognizable as people who know you, who love you, who live for you. May it be that we live and breathe and have our being in you, Lord. And may each one who's listening to the podcast today just receive a huge, and I do mean huge, just a heavy dose of encouragement directly from you. Pour out your love on him or on her, whoever's listening. Show them right now how great your love is for them in a way that will mean the most to them right here, right now, in the midst of whatever they're dealing with in life. And bless them with overflowing peace. You promised Jesus. You promised us your peace, so give it to them. No matter what is happening in their life currently or in the world on a, on a bigger scale, give them your promised peace. Bless them with joy, deep and abiding joy that cannot be altered, cannot be removed by anything outside of them. Bless them with good and godly friendships, with church homes that are spurring them on toward love and good deeds and holy living for a desire to spend time with you every single day, time in prayer, time reading your word, time enjoying your presence, time in praise and worship, time listening, just listening for how you might lead and guide and speak to them. Put your hand on them. Do lead them, do guide them in all that they do. Bring conviction where it's needed and bring about real and lasting changes wherever those things need to happen. We cannot do this without you, Lord. We can't. It's not possible for us to get it all together, to clean ourselves up. But with you, nothing is impossible. So I'm asking you to do what only you can do and make us people who are marked and noticeable as having been with our God. Every time we have an encounter with you, Lord, may we be changed for the better. Let us be a blessing to as many people as we possibly can. And may we never, never grow so weary that we stop pursuing you. Give us the energy that we need for our daily lives. Protect each one of us, shield us, and also grow us and mature us. Heal us physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in any other way, any other part of our life that needs your healing and will bring glory to your name. Help us to remember that we simply do not know when our last moment in this life is going to be. Help us to live well with the days that we have. Stay near to us, Lord, and keep on drawing us closer and closer to you. Sometimes the road, it seems rough and the walk seems long, but I'm asking you to show us today that it's really just you walking us home and we can walk well and we can walk worthy when we walk side by side with you. Make the yoke easy and the burden light for the one listening today. Give them faith to reach out, to touch the hem of your robe if that's what they need to do. Keep oil in our lamps, Lord as we await your glorious return, and it will be glorious. And when we, when we face harder times, 
when harder times come for those of us who follow you, Jesus, as your word says that they will, ready us, steady us, prepare us, strengthen us, and may we never forsake you because you have promised never to forsake us. Thank you for hearing my prayer today, Lord. Hear and answer, move and act, do far above and beyond anything I could ever ask or think or imagine. And do it quickly, Lord, because today is the day I'm asking, and today this is the only day we've got. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Alrighty, I hope you'll join me back here for episode number 140. Um, We're going to keep talking about holiness because that's what's on my heart so strongly right now. And uh, I'd be really blessed if you felt so led to share this podcast with your friends or family or church members. Um, I, if it might encourage somebody, uh, I would be really honored and humbled if you would choose to pass it along and share it. So, and if you'd like to subscribe, I'm going to invite you to do that. Just subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. And I'm working on a little something that I'm hoping to give you in the next episode, a little free item that I'm creating to hopefully just be kind of encouraging and a blessing to you. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, Keep on keeping on for Jesus, my friend. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.